because anything to distract me from thinking about surgery is great. Say, kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? Say, kid, what do you want? What do you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? Welcome back, everyone. We're back <laughs> to another episode of Becoming a Doctor, a podcast featuring two fourth-year medical students. Who talk about the only thing that we ever talk about. Medical school. Hey, I'm hey. your host, Santana Sanchez. I'm your co-host, Kevin Gale. Uh, and you can find this podcast where? Becomingadoctorpod.com. At becomingadocpod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Spotify. iTunes. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Boom. Check us out. Okay. Send us a letter. The listeners are super stoked after that quote from Alex. So <laughs> we should hop into this podcast with segment number one. Segment number one. What Ro- is it? Rotation review. A ro- ro- rotation review. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're a little low on energy right now. It's a Monday. It's a Monday. At 7 p.m. Uh, rotation review. <laughs> Kevin, this one is for you only. What? You just finished a rotation in palliative care. Only me? Well, I didn't do it. So you want me to talk about hospice and palliative care? Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't recognize the reference. (laughs) I just uploaded a bunch of Trebek. Oh. Uh, You want me to do the rotation review right now? (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm glad... (laughs) Love it. Rest in peace okay. to a legend. So, um, rotation review. Okay, let me set this up. Set the stage. Paint mm, us a picture. Not a formal rotation. Mm. By that I mean we both had internal medicine. Formal rotation, one month in the hospital. Yep. We had, you had a formal rotation, just got done. Boom. Two weeks of neurosurgery. Done. I am kind of interested in palliative care and hospice care. Mm-hmm. So I asked the palliative care physician at Waconia. There's only two providers. One's a physician, one's a certified nurse practitioner. I asked the physician, I said, hey, can I work with you for a week? He said, sure. I like to teach. And nice. that is, was the start of my informal palliative and hospice care. So should we not review it since it's informal? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. That's no problem. It, okay. was, a, it was a whole week, a solid week. Yeah. At least 40 hours, probably 60 hours. Wow. <laughs> what a flex. So here's how it works. At Ridgeview Medical Center, mm-hmm. there are two palliative care and hospice providers. One is an MD, one is a certified nurse practitioner. And what happens is... The hospitalists, when they get a patient who needs a palliative care provider or a hospice care provider to come be part of the medical team, they get consulted to come see the patient. Gotcha. And which, who, why would they consult them? This is a perfect, well, palliative care and hospice. Everyone knows what hospice is. Most people know what hospice is. (laughs) It's defined by Medicare, right? 
I had no idea. Yeah, Medicare defines hospice. And in order to qualify for Medicare hospice, you have to have less than six months to live, certified by two physicians to enroll in hospice. Okay. Um, And most people think of the terminal diagnoses like a terminal cancer coming Mm -hmm. to the end of life. Um, You can think of other less known diagnoses. Um, ALS mm-hmm. that has can have a terminal diagnosis less than six months to live. Um, but there also is palliative care, and palliative care is basically another physician or provider on board with a team to help with chronic symptoms. Hmm. So you don't have to have a life-threatening or life-ending illness to qualify for palliative care. You might be a patient who just um, has COPD, right, a lung disease, and needs a palliative care provider on board to help manage these chronic symptoms that you have. Um, the first patient that I got consulted on with my provider was somebody who had cancer, mm-hmm. did had more than six months left to live, but had chronic cancer pain. Oh. And so the hospitalist um, wanted to get the palliative care provider on board to help manage this chronic pain. I see. Um, because palliative care providers have a lot of experience managing pain. Hmm. Um, so that was the first patient we saw. And this person basically just had severe, came to the emergency department for severe pain. He could not function a, on a daily basis, basically at all. And our job was just to get on board like four or five different types of pain medications. Hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting start. Do you have any questions? I thought you were about to say something. No, that is interesting. I had no idea that that's all that it entailed. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I think uh, when people hear hospice and palliative care, they think either they're like, what is that? Which would have been me like two years ago. Yep. Or they think like, oh, this is doctor specifically for people who are like in the process of dying. Um, right. That's something of the connotation. So I didn't realize it had this other, there was this whole other part of the practice based around chronic, chronic Symptom management. Yeah. And improving chronic symptom management. Right. And like giving quality of life, it sounds like. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, first day out of five, I learned a ton about pain medications and how to deal with chronic pain. And if you're taking chronic pain medications, that'll cause chronic constipation. So Mm. how do you deal with chronic constipation? Um, Laxatives. <laughs> you got it. Miralax? Do you have personal experience with uh, laxatives and Miralax? Uh no, I guess. Probably when I was a child. <laughs> Not in a while. A I'm back. very regular. Oh, thank God. That's what I, that's what I was getting at. Phew. Good to hear. <laughs> um and that is two things I don't know much about, how to deal with chronic constipation or how to deal with chronic pain management. So day mm. 1 was off the charts learning experience. Off the hook. Off the hook. Um, do you have you ever heard? I'm going to go on a rant. I'm ready for it. Have you ever heard about the World Health Organization analgesic who? ladder? The who Al? <laughs> who Al ladder? Uh, no. Um, the World Health Organization has an analgesic ladder on how to deal with chronic pain. Interesting. And um, it's been modified over the years, but uh, the basic gist is you start off with just the over-the-counter NSAIDs, you know, Tylenol, 
ibuprofen, mm-hmm. acetaminophen. The bread and butter. The bread and butter plus some extras if you got extras. Like they're talking about chiropractic. They're talking about acupuncture. That's the extra stuff. Got it. Nerve pain, gabapentin. That's the extras. But the but the three steps of the ladder is start off with those NSAIDs, the anti-inflammatories, Tylenol, et cetera, et cetera. Step two on the ladder is you go to weak opioids. And these are things like Tramadol or Ultram. Oh. Have you heard of that? I have. Um, and there's some other examples. Then if that isn't um, controlling the pain, you can move up to strong opioids. The good stuff. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> like morphine, um, et cetera, et cetera. Oxycodone, the gotcha. strong stuff. Uh, I I don't know. Had you ever heard of that? I don't. We definitely did. The ladder. Yeah. No. I mean, you, we you probably have a basic sense of you know what medications do for pain. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. And then the rest of the rotation. This is a rotation review, informal rotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Are we going to give stethoscopes at the end? Or? Yeah, duh. Okay. By we, you mean me because you didn't take it. Yeah. Yeah, we do this podcast together. The royal we. You're right. The royal we. was appropriate. Um, by the way, this segment's super boring. Can you just mix it up with some sounders while I'm talking? Yeah, I felt like it would be kind of inappropriate. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm talking nonstop. We need some sounders. To- All right. Here you go. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm saying. Um, and then the rest of the week was mostly hospice care or palliative care for patients who did have less than six months to live. this is what you wanted that's what i'm saying (laughs) oh man i don't feel good about that that's what i'm saying so um i thought two things that i really enjoyed doing that were really um what's the word fulfilling for me Mm -hmm. were i i did two family care conferences did i tell you about this no so when somebody is dying and needs to make a decision on whether to enroll in hospice, whether or not to enroll in hospice, maybe needs to understand the dying process more, the cancer diagnosis, you can call together the persons who are interested in this diagnosis, being the patient, and then any loved ones or any um, decision makers in their care. Hmm. Oftentimes it's uh, the spouse, uh, the kids involved, you get all these people in run one room, and then you explain the diagnoses, answer questions, explain what hospice is, explain what palliative care is. It's called a family care conference. Gotcha. Um, and this is common for for patients who are enrolling in hospice. Get everyone on board. Right. Get all the questions answered. One room at the same time. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody understands. Everybody knows the plan everyone knows the plan yep nobody's caught off guard exactly and and in an ideal family care conference not only do you have the hospice and palliative care provider you also have excuse me you also have a primary care or up dude (laughs) i know i know thinking about this rotation (laughs) you also have the oncologist Mm -hmm. or the psychiatrist right any of the providers if the more people that you can get in this one room the better the care conference right but um our first patient was um, a patient with severe dementia. And so the care conference was getting the two um, caregivers on board. Okay. And one of them was a certified caregiver being the healthcare um, agent. Okay. This is a person who can make decisions for somebody who is, does not have capacity to make decisions. Gotcha. Because the patient had severe dementia, could not make medical decisions 
in that case, you get a healthcare agent. Okay. Let me give an example. My dad, one day he'll be he'll be senile. Okay. And his healthcare agent will be Suzanne. Gotcha. His future wife or me, because I'll be a doctor, <laughs> so I can help him with that kind of stuff. Got it. So the first fair knock on wood family care conference, I asked my uh, physician I'm working with. I said, uh, "Can I lead this? Because it'd be a really good experience." He said, "Yeah, sure. I'll just jump in." And it was really fulfilling to answer the two caregivers' questions, get them on the same board, get mm-hmm. them on the same plan. Um, <laughs> I was a little bit more articulate than I am now. Mm, okay, sure. <laughs> you can trust me. <laughs> were they were they not like hesitant to be? to like go through this very uh i don't know sad potentially process with a med student um no no hesitancy wow that's awesome i knew the patient well because i had done my research okay um and i think i presented the options well okay and so you knew what was going on and i think you said this on a podcast before most people are totally fine with med students. That's true. Most people aren't pushing back on that kind of thing. And yeah. we also had the physician in the room. So if I ever needed to answer a question that I didn't know, I was just like, Dr. Callisted, do you know the answer to this mm. one? Um, so it went well. And then the same thing happened. Same patient, a different patient had capacity to make her own medical decisions, but we also had two sons involved in the process. Family care conference. I led it. Um, it was just really, I don't know. It's a nice to be part of that important, uh, life moment and, and do it in a good job. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that sounds so intimidating to me because it is such an important. <laughs> well, it, la- <laughs> last podcast, you're like, anytime a physician's in the room with me, I get jammed up. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what th- to say. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'm trying to work through that one. <laughs> So I'll get there eventually. Eventually you will. Uh, no, I, you would be fine. You'd be good. You know, it's it's a family care conference. You take your time, right? right. You're, you're not rushing. Everyone knows this is an important thing. Um, so do you round on your patients when you're on hospice and palliative care? Yeah. So as I said, the internal medicine physicians consult a palliative care and hospice care provider yeah and then we're rounding on them right so we get a few every day and in the morning we go see how our patients are doing right see how they're responding to this pain medication see how they're responding to the new constipation medications and they're like why are you people here (laughs) exactly this joke works every time Well, yeah, in the case of the patients with the severe dementia, they de- they definitely <laughs> Oh man. No joke. It's true. Um and the other thing we did, I had a chance to do was lead an a conversation on a pulsed. Do you know what a pulsed is? No. A pulsed form? Sounds extremely familiar, but I can't for the life of me think of what that is. Well, um when you think of the advanced care directive. This is mm-hmm. anybody can get an advanced care directive. Okay. You decide what interventions you want, what type of quality of life you want to live with. Sure. I could fill out one right now and say, if my heart stops, do everything you can to restart it. Gotcha. If I am, uh, if I lose my legs, then, and I'm about to die, don't resuscitate me. Gotcha. Right? You can make any decisions about your future care. Okay. You can write down what's important to you, 
what um, religion you identify with, what your values are. Advanced care directives, badass. Okay. Post form is a lot more. This is this is a lot more um, defined and narrow focused. Um, it's it stands for a portable medical orders. Okay. And it basically Post. is. It basically is. If my heart stops, what do you I want? If my mm. breathing stops, what do I want? And it's it's basically defined for patients who don't have as long to life as long. <laughs> so it's like resuscitation preferences. Yeah, just that's it, basically. Gotcha. <laughs> wow, we are dragging here. Dragging. <laughs> Give me some more sounders, dude. <laughs> uh. And and so the the pulse form it was hard a conversation because the patient's son just had to make the decision. Well, if my mom's heart stops, don't do anything. If mm-hmm. her lungs stop, don't do anything. I only want comfort cares. Wow. We're not going to do anything any uh, any major medical interventions anymore. Um, and the reason pulse forms are important is because the patient can take them with them take the form with them to like a nursing home oh sure or a memory care ward and if something happens they have it on file they're oh. not going to call 911 and get them to the emergency department they're going to work on comfort and let them die in a more peaceful way gotcha uh so doing that with a uh, with a patient and the son was really interesting very cool yeah Any- that's, a, that's important anyways pulsed this is the longest rotation review ever all right let's hear it you learned about pain, you learned about constipation, you learned about end, end of, of life. life, family care, hospice, qualifications, all that stuff. These are all the things that you love. Your yeah. top faves. Yeah, constipation, number one for me. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I really enjoyed the learning process. Mm-hmm. Also, they had some easy hours. What are we talking? You said you worked 60 hours. I was lying. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say (laughs) Did I I say 60 hours Let's start this again (laughs) I didn't work that hard (laughs) Okay all right. So good Uh, learning Good hours Yeah on Friday we only had two patients the entire day Uh, I like Considering that I might go into geriatrics Palliative care and hospice care Yeah I really enjoyed the learning experience Great Stethoscopes, 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Wow. Wowzers. I don't have any, like, excited. Oh. <laughs> I'm kind of excited, I guess. Let's go with the Kermit excitement. 8 out of 10 stethoscopes. Well, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. And and I had such a good time, I'm going to be taking more palliative care and hospice care rotations during fourth year. Hey. Yes, sir. And now you already learned something. You got a leg up on all those other I palliative do. I, care I people. made some flashcards, and I got some good tips, and I feel prepared for another rotation in my fourth year. Awesome. So there you go, dude. All right. Let's move on. That was a drag. <laughs> Wow, thank you. Leaving, leaving me high and dry. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was interesting. I just have my brain. It's been turned off. It's time for the guest. The guest. Our Every, brains are dying right now. Yeah, we They're need... <laughs> shut down. We need help. We need help. We need to call in a ringer. Yes. 
and boy, have we got our ringer this oh, week. Oh boy, I'm so excited. Uh, introduce this guy. Let's this is go. our boy. Yeah. Alex Conway. Yep. One of the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Conway. Uh, He's a legend. Say, born and school. raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, you'll have to... You'll have Ooh, to clarify. You might have him. to edit that out if I'm wrong. Yeah, you don't sound too sure. I know he's a huge, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> fan of Milwaukee. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the city, uh, it, great it, architecture. When you're he describing says. Alex, you got to say this guy has a great smile. I guess. anytime you interact mm-hmm. with him, he puts a smile on your face oh. because he is funny, he is kind, and he likes to laugh. Yeah. Um, also s- severely good looking. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. Okay. 10 out of 10. Wow. 10 out of 10 stethoscopes on his looks right here. <laughs> Alex Conway. Uh, uh, yeah. He's a, he's a handsome man. Handsome and he's got man. a cute dog too. Great dog. His dog's, oh. So let's get him on the phone. Let's yeah, see. call him up. Hopefully he answers. You never know. With call Alex him up, Conway. call him up. Time to go mobile. <laughs> Alex and I are doing family medicine well, he's at the same clinic as I am for family yep. medicine. We'll yep. let him explain. I don't know if I don't know if this is working. We'll have to. I'm going to call it one more time. Uh oh, it's not ringing, which is always okay. I'm going to try this one more time. FaceTime audio. Hmm. Tell me about the clinic you're at with him. So how about this weather we're having? <laughs> this is the lowest energy pod. All our viewers, they're they're over. They're they're done with this. All right, I'm gonna try to call him normal, see if that works. Okay. We can edit this out, right? Yeah, we can edit this out. It's ringing. Will he answer? Hello. Hello. <laughs> there he is. What's up? Welcome to the pod. Am I on the pod right now as we speak? You are on the pod. We're recording live to tape right now, Mm -hmm. Alex. Wow. What an honor. Thanks for having (laughs) me. Are you eating dinner? I'm hearing plates clinking, forks moving. What's going on back there? Uh, That would be correct in a sense. Uh, My partner and I are kind of wrapping up, so I'll move over to an area that's less less noisy. One one moment, please. (laughs) What's your partner's name? Jane. Tell Jane to hush up in the background. Oh we, have an import, we have an important <laughs> podcast to take care of. Jane, chill out. Take <laughs> my big break into podcasting. <laughs> Don't ruin this for me. Yeah, this is it. This is your launch board. <laughs> I mean, this is my one shot. This is my M&M one shot. <laughs> Yeah, classic Eminem uh, reference. I think Santana's too young to understand Eminem references, Alex. What? Oh, that would that would be deeply upsetting if that's true. It's not true. What? It... Oh. Come on, Kevin. Wait, how, good. Wait, Alex, how old are you, by the way? Uh, this always takes me longer than it should. I turn 29 <gasps> this June. Wow. Well, happy birthday. Yeah. The short way to say that is you're 28. <laughs> 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 that that's fair that uh, is fair okay alex give us the intro who's alex conway yeah what's your deal oh god let's I go mean, so uh i am 
I guess we've just determined 28 years old. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. From just outside of Milwaukee. Boom. A uh, little suburb called Wauwatosa. Ooh. Um, went to University of Wisconsin for undergrad. Did a bunch of stuff uh, for like two or three years between undergrad and starting school. Lived in Boston and Chicago for a little while and then came here, came to the, to the city for, for med school. You lived um, in Boston and Chicago? I did, yeah. One one year in Chicago, one year in Boston, basically. Which which city is better? Yeah, head to head. Head to head. That's one, such a good question. One has to get burned to the ground. Not even, not even my controversial take. Okay. Um, the other survives. Oh, man. I really think, I think the city of Boston is probably cooler. Wow. But I have more friends and family in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So your heart and is there. My heart is there. And also the people in Boston were very, very mean to me. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I like specifically to us just more at like baseline. Um, and so I think we fit in better in Chicago. We're, it, it's got that Midwestern kind of sensibility. So I would, if I had to choose, I would choose Chicago for like you have to live in one place for the rest of your life. Love but it. But Boston, super cool. Good answer. What did you do in between? You just kind of glossed over it. Lived in Chicago, lived in Boston. What was the in between years? Um, I worked as a medical research assistant, which is a very uh, it made it sounded or made me sound a lot more important than I was. I basically just like roomed patients at an orthopedic clinic for about a year outside of Chicago. And then I worked at Boston Children's um, on like a research project in their infectious disease department for about nine months. And that was while I was finishing up a master of public health degree, which I got online from George Washington. Oh, yeah, because I lived in D.C. for nine months, too. I forgot about that. (laughs) Dang, dude. So you you have a master's of public health? I do. Don't ask me about like epidemiology or really anything about public health in general because it's all gone but it i do have a, a degree yeah but you get the degree you're one up on santana and i with the degrees <laughs> yeah wow which is really yeah that's actually what the, the main goal of, the, of me coming on this podcast was to establish that for sure to flex flex <laughs> mm-hmm. that degree well yeah i've done it i'm just gonna head out <laughs> and then you apply to university of minnesota Mm-hmm. And is it the only school you got into, or did you choose it for a particular reason? Um, it was one of like two or three. I was choosing between flex. going back. <laughs> <laughs> More flexing, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was staring at my MPH uh, diploma <laughs> and pondering between these two or three schools. I was really choosing between basically going back to Madison. Um, or going to a new city, I have, you know, obviously like the connection to undergrad in, in Madison, but also some friends in the, in the cities. But I think the main decider was, um, Jane was, is a, uh, registered dietitian and was like looking into moving with me. And she's like, which of those two options are with the two of us together? Like, which of those two options is going to be, I don't know, give some more um, flexibility and potential for, for jobs for Jane. And the two programs are pretty much like equivocal. I think it worked out great. 
So she had more job opportunities as a registered dietitian in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, basically? Yeah, just like a bigger, it's a bigger city. There's like more health systems to choose from. And, uh, you know, because basically if you're in Madison, you're, you're only, if you don't have uh, an opportunity at the hospital, like the university hospital, there's like, it's not a lot, not a lot to do. Right. Um, and when you went, when, what, what years were you undergrad at uh, UW? I graduated in 2015. 2015. So did you ever go to the piano bar on State <laughs> Street? Kevin, yes. <laughs> I Kevin. know this is the thing that you do. I just did it two days ago, Saturday did night. Did you really? Yeah, I drove to Madison, played for some people. Yeah. I I wonder, I, I, I think I've seen a couple of, videos online of your exploits which are which are truly incredible <laughs> and i've wondered myself pretty often i was like was i ever in that bar at the same time as kevin it's like it's entirely possible it might be possible yeah for sure it's, it's more than just possible it's probable the thing <laughs> the thing uh, the thing about the piano bar is not everyone remembers the full details of the the, the experience when they went to the piano bar so a lot of people I, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing about the piano bar. It's so weird. That's very much a thing about piano bar. Um, well, I'm glad it worked out in Minnesota. Does Jane is Jane working at a hospital or a healthcare system, or is she like registered? She does. Oh, that's yeah. which one? Uh, at Children's St. Paul. <gasps> I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> so is she consulted for uh, pediatric pediatric patients? Jane, do you want to chime in really quick? Hop her on. This could be her big breakthrough moment. <laughs> Jane, is that, is that true or not? I, this is where I really just, whether you've been, whether you consult on specific pediatric patients, like in the hospital, this is where I'm showing my ignorance for like, wow. not really. Don't even know what your partner does. It's rough. <laughs> I work actually in a clinic. So I work in an African clinic. I see a lot of kiddos with newly diagnosed diabetes. So I'm not really an inpatient person. Gotcha. But you have done now, that in the Every past. now and then on the weekend. Mm -hmm. so. That sounds yeah. nice for you guys that you can share peripheral medical knowledge, but you're not like on top of each other on medical knowledge. Yeah, that's true. I, I have to say, I, I feel like I consult Jane. <laughs> what does Jane I think about purple carrot? <laughs> what do you think about purple carrot? Oh my <laughs> Actually, uh -oh. I have never done any of those like delivery services. Oh, I thought you were just talking about the food item, like the <laughs> orange carrots. Way better. I was like, I didn't know this was a controversial thing. The purple carrot was really dividing. The okay, people. I'm gonna send you guys a free box as a thank you for oh. coming on the podcast. Wow. <laughs> well, that would be lovely. Get excited! All right. Wow. Yeah. Back to the med school stuff. What are you doing right now in med school? I am currently, Santana knows this, because yep. I've had the pleasure of uh, seeing him at Broadway, where he is, I believe, still doing his family med rotation. I'm still there. You know it. I'll see you on Thursday, buddy. Can't wait. <laughs> um, so I am in Metropap, which is you know this kind of longitudinal... Um, program to try and give a little bit more consistency for for third years to uh, I don't know get a not have to change EMRs once a month and actually know where the bathroom is in, in a given hospital. Um, 
So I'm doing that, but I'm currently uh, studying for my surgery shelf. Ooh. And as someone who is Ooh. going into med, um, I'm what I'm really doing is contemplating dropping out every day of my life. <laughs> oh, no. I say don't do it, Alex. Believe in yourself. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I think uh, you shouldn't drop out, too. It's not that bad. It's it's just a lot of uh, a lot of staring at my computer screen, which is not significantly different from, you know, any other day of my life. <laughs> Wait, so are you just, like, taking a couple days off from the clinic to, to, to study surgery, basically? Basically. And by a couple days, Kevin, they gave me, like, a month. They gave you a month just to study? Now, I have to do continuity clinics, so yeah. that's why... I- the opportunity to see Santana, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, pretty much because it's this whole splitting into part A and part B thing mm-hmm. where, um, you know, the didactics, I guess I'm technically, I should be doing, I, maybe I shouldn't have this recorded that I'm not actually going through the didactic material. Let me uh, ring up Kirby Clark and get a, <laughs> an emerged call on this. <laughs> Let's bring him out, guys. Dr. Clark. We got him. <laughs> He's right here. <laughs> um but yeah i think that i did end up kind of talking with people like the scheduler at at broadway and and i was like this seems excessive let's let's put me in clinic a couple more days this month yeah but so it's like a little hybrid between you know i'm I'm not doing a full like only studying this for this for a month because i do think that would be major overkill but it is it's not an insignificant amount of information as i'm sure you both know yes that's a hard test. Uh, I mean, Santana and I pass with flying colors, no doubt about it. But uh, <laughs> good yeah, luck to you. <laughs> this is now you're you're just. I feel like I I, I hurt you earlier. Hurt, <laughs> no, I'm hurt kidding. People hurt people. Actually, I think it wasn't Santana. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the surgery shelf the one where I did all the year old one in one week? Uh, and then took the the test the next week. I think that sounds right. That sounds like something you would do. <laughs> yeah. So step it up, Alex. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, I have no I have no rebuttal to that. <laughs> How, and then after the surgery, then you have what, four more weeks of family medicine basically via the Metropap. Yeah. And then I'm back into like kind of the the what is it, kind of the lanes, I guess. I, I don't even remember the terminology because I was so I have to say, like thankfully removed from that. Uh, that <laughs> no doubt. Like a difficult situation with uh with scheduling um but yeah then it's on to my sub eye in family med at smiley's oh my gosh you are going to be so prepared for family medicine you've been doing family medicine for eight months then you're doing a really hands-on sub eye family medicine yeah i'm i'm i if if i stay in minnesota or go to ever whatever city you're in your chicago i'm there (laughs) you are going to be my family medicine doc you're going to be my primary care doc alex wow that is a vote of confidence that I am not certain I deserve quite yet, but I'll take it. No, you definitely deserve it. And and listen, I'm super healthy. It'll be really easy to manage. <laughs> manage my... <laughs> You're just well, gonna... that's not I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. Because now, we again, we have this recorded. So we'll, yeah. we'll get Dr. Clark to come in and serve as a witness as well. Santana, yep. are, you gonna, are you going to dedicate right now, commit to Alex Conway being your primary? No way. <laughs> No way, Jose. Not yes a chance. No, I guess it was a no. Okay, cool. <laughs> this is a great game. Alex, who would you pick in our med school as your primary care? 
Oh, man. I'm serious. I'd pick you because you probably have the most experience out of all our peers other than the other Metropap kids, kiddos. Have you gotten a chance to to bring Lorenzo onto your uh, this lovely podcast? <laughs> no, yet? no, no, not yet. He's our white whale. <laughs> he, he, that is such a good way to describe. It. Someday, uh, that would be my choice because uh, he knows everything, and it is endlessly frustrating. Um, we've done a lot of rotations together, and uh, it's also like he he's not only very knowledgeable but he also knows how to do like the procedural stuff which is usually i can tell myself if i don't know how to do a procedural thing which i almost always that's the case um i'm like well i mean i'm, I'm like book smart it's fine but lorenzo just has both oh. so it's a real it's a real bummer yes that like, is so a I'll, I'll, I'll nominate lorenzo to be my pcp at some point in time wow and he'll communicate solely through memes <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I do five chart message, which is just uh, like a, I don't know a picture of SpongeBob telling me something. I mean, that's not a bad that's not a bad life, Santana. Who I would, wouldn't mind. I really wouldn't mind it, Santana. Who would be your primary commit if you have to commit right now? Uh, Jillian. We just talked to Jillian last week. She's also very experienced. Come on, Santana's rolling his eyes. <laughs> if you can't tell, come on. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, yeah, I'd pick Jillian. Sure, why not? <laughs> Jillian's a great. I feel like at this point, uh, all the doctors are the same. Everybody, everybody learns the same stuff. Same stuff. Yeah, but who they has can look it up? The masters of public health. That's what I'm always looking oh. for. Oh, my primary care doc. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> so applicable to day to day. Yeah, for sure. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay, so surgery shelf, you're gonna do fine. You always do. You've always you've never failed the test, Alex. You're gonna keep rolling through it. Do you know that? Do you have access to my records as class president, Kevin? Yeah, I looked it up before we got <laughs> you in the pod. Yeah, we do our research. <laughs> yeah, that, that gross anatomy midterm. Wow, Alex. Yeah. yeah I, it was getting my teeth, but I did it. <laughs> okay, so we need a spicy take right now. The hottest mm. take you got for us. Well, can I uh, first off, uh, I've been giving this a fair amount of thought. So uh, yes. Yeah, you're I, right. You don't have clinic I, today. You're just suffering for surgery, and you're giving us this, a lot of thought on this. Love it. Yeah, right. Because anything to distract me from thinking about surgery is great. Um, I have a variety of directions I could go. First question that I actually have for you guys mm. is, yeah, a little turnaround. Wow. <laughs> um, what is the hottest take that you guys have heard? Oh, Somebody just asked us this recently. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, so I think I know which one I would pick. Somebody came on here who will not be named and said, <laughs> there's a lot of good ones. Somebody came on here and said that uh, cats are better than dogs, Lame. objectively. And I feel like that's just, you know, that's just such a risky opinion to, mm -hmm. to put out there. Her name rhymes with Mela Curfee. <laughs> got it <laughs> <laughs> i think the hottest take was we had a peer of ours come on here and said basically in one sentence she's like space sucks i never want to go <laughs> i thought that was a pretty hot take that's yeah <laughs> yeah i actually i do think i kind of agree though because i'm just like man risk reward yeah i thought it was super hot at first too and then the more i've thought about it i'm like Risk reward. You're gonna. You have more risk driving down the street in a car probably than going into don't, space. I don't, 
true, Kevin. I think I that. Don't think- <laughs> I think that's how it works out. <laughs> We'd have to crunch the numbers. Okay. Enough about our hottest takes. I want to hear your hottest take. All right. Um, well, Kevin, I, I may have prefaced this with you that I could I could bring in some kind of sports related takes, but mm. uh, I could also talk. I have some thoughts on um, good bad television um, that I'd love to share. Wow. I guess I kind of want a sense of you know what do you think the audience needs? They need spice they need heat <laughs> they need controversy right. they need molten magma also, keep in mind no one cares about the milwaukee bucks <laughs> that is not going to get people riled up wow well, <laughs> more. all right i think that i don't know if either of you guys are aware of this show or fans of this show but i truly believe that the oc is a perfect perfect television show on par with your Breaking Bads, the OC from season seven, like the early, <laughs> like the two thousand tens, or when was the, when did the OC come out? Oh, before that, my friend. Back in the day, back in the heyday. Uh, well, I've I, never, I've never ever watched a single second of the OC, so I have to take your word for it. Is a fatal flaw of yours. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like it. Santana, ditto. I've never, I don't, I couldn't tell you one thing the OC is about <laughs> other than Orange County. <laughs> yeah. Ca- so I'll just let that one sit out there then because uh, that won't really bring up a whole bunch of uh, discussion or debate, it seems. And I'll audible to yeah, yeah. my other. <laughs> audible to the other one. That's good though. Let the. Well, the- I, have, I have three. You've already shot down my Milwaukee Bucks take. You guys uh, have shot down my, my OC take. I didn't shoot down the Bucks take. Let the record show. I'm curious. We'll talk about it off pod. What's that? We can talk about the Bucks off pod. All right. That sounds fair. All right. Finally, I believe that the hot dog is the best and most versatile food item out there. Now we're talking. (laughs) Wow. The best and most versatile? The hot dog? (laughs) Do you know what a hot dog's made of, Alex? Are we talking all beef? Unimportant. <laughs> wow. Unimportant what a hot dog is made of, because what it's made of is dreams. <laughs> uh, well, so, okay. Um, the only thing I think about a hot dog is when I go to the ballpark, I get myself a hot dog, put some ketchup, put some relish on there. What are you talking about versatile? What is a hot? What else is a hot dog used for? Uh, it can be used in a variety. I, I would actually say, like, in both a informal and formal setting, I will be happy to be served a hot dog. Like at, you're, you're talking at like your white coat you, uh, events, white you tie. On to golf, you you oh, want mm. like a nice informal snack. Okay. The ketchup, the mustard. I would add the relish, maybe some sauerkraut if you're in Milwaukee. Maybe. Maybe. But then you've also got, I don't know if you guys have ever been to this place called Kiachi. There's one in Minneapolis. There's one, there's a location in Minneapolis and in St. Paul. Okay. What they've done is taken a hot dog and they have really elevated it. This is actually where this take stems from. Mm, Describe it to us in detail. I mean, gladly. So... (laughs) The bun is not anything necessarily like 
special or, or to write home about. It's it's just a nice like they've they've toasted the bun to give it a little char on the outside, a little crisp, but nice and fluffy on the inside, and also very importantly, thick enough to to kind of like hold the the liquid and not get soggy. That's very important, and that's for all <laughs> sandwiches, all whatever. Are you talking about and hot dog liquid right now? This does not sound appetizing. No, hold on, Kevin. <laughs> a thick on. bun, dude. It's important. You need, you need it because there is like a certain amount of of just, you know, for a lack of a better word, juice that will come <laughs> off of that. But then there's also, on this one specifically, they have topped it with this like Asian slaw. There's mm. the sauce. Mm-hmm. And like soba noodles. Wow, that is versatile. Like, soy, like really, really nicely done. Little bit of soy sauce, little bit of heat from it as well. Like mm. put some like sriracha or something in there, and they topped the uh, hot dog with the soba noodles, and then they add like a little crunchy. I'm guessing you know maybe like some peanuts or something to give it like some different textures. It's an absolute delight. <laughs> I might go there tonight. I haven't had dinner yet, Alex. What's this restaurant called? It is called Kiachi. It's spelled K-Y-A-T-C-H-I. Promo code Alex. <laughs> 50% off. What's that? 50% off on your next purple carrot uh, hot dog. Um, as Jane, being a registered dietitian, <laughs> does she agree that you that hot dogs are versatile and should be used a lot? Um, well, I should also add, Jane not only is a registered dietitian, but a registered vegetarian. Oh. <laughs> so I wouldn't say that this is an area of a ton of overlap in our in our worldview. But it is controversial, but, especially in the Conway household. Very much so, yes. But I think that it's one of those things. Excuse me, Jane? Jane says it's because hot dogs are gross. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, we, a little bit of opposites attract, I guess. Uh, (laughs) That's what they say. In this very specific specific niche of our relationship. Okay, when you and Jane get married, how many varieties of hot dogs are going to be at the wedding? Yeah, so that that would be really, 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 that would be me putting my mark on that. that (laughs) You mean it's going to be planned by her, her parents? I don't think. That one might be a, like a choose your battle sort of. Uh, <laughs> you can have hot but, dogs on the honeymoon. How about that? <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm going to be inhaling hot dogs on the bachelor party. I can oh. tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, Alex, I just went to a Twins game a week and a half ago. I had mm-hmm. two foot long hot dogs, and I was very, very happy at that point. So I might agree with you on this one. Now, I, I think that you could probably argue that uh, the versatility, just because it can be fancy and not fancy, you know, maybe uh, I need to, to bolster that argument a little bit. I w- yeah, you could easily say that. <laughs> so, and, and to be honest, sure, there, not every spicy take is going to be bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think you could use it in really like a variety of contexts, especially like if you're, you know, in any way needing to appease like a young child, Yep. you work important. it in with magazines, you work it in with, 
uh mac and cheese uh, <laughs> so versatile yep yep <laughs> so versatile uh, uh there's yeah, the corn dog think, let's not let us not forget i i really feel like in the non-dessert realm there is never a time that a hot dog has been worked into something and i go nope no thanks <laughs> so there you go that's versatility for me wow wow <laughs> i'm i am speechless right now from that take yeah that uh uh the the most the best and most versatile food the hot dog (laughs) you heard it here quote alex conway the best you can put that in the uh like in the graduation program (laughs) actually you know i have to give a speech for graduation i might just have you repeat that hot dog take (laughs) yeah just play that audio Uh, and let the congratulations roll in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hilarious. Uh, def- I don't know if it's the hottest take, but that's definitely got a good laugh over here on the podcast. <laughs> it's, I, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not a great take. It's, but, uh, it's our fault. I shot down the O.C. We had never seen it. Yeah. I don't give a. I don't care about the Milwaukee Bucks at all. You know, it's kind of our fault. Really. Yeah, we really pigeonholed you there. Well, And, and just really quickly, um, that that fact that you don't care about the Milwaukee Bucks really plays into what my take was going to be. Uh, and I'll just leave it as the Milwaukee Bucks are the most cursed franchise in American sports history. And, uh, and that's all I need to say about that because you've kind of started to prove my point. Wow. Wow. This, you got a, a lot of food for thought. A, everyone should watch the OC. Truly. B, <laughs> cursed franchise in history. Indeed. C, best food ever. Most versatile. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, yeah. I'm going to go get some hot dogs after this. Yeah, me too. No doubt about it. Yeah. What is your preferred dog before we let you go? Yeah, one more thing. I mean, it sounds like it's (laughs) Kiachi. Like what? Like brand? Do I have brand? Yeah, Yeah, if you're going to the store, you're at the Cub Foods. Yep. the, the, my favorite dog is the one that's been placed in front of me. Great answer. <laughs> wow. It's like you rehearsed that. <laughs> I, I would be, I am so sorry and would really need to reconsider things if I rehearsed that. <laughs> my favorite dog is my next dog. quote. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we have senior quotes. I would doubt it. But, uh, but if we do, that's it. Uh, Alex, do you remember when when we first met? I think it wasn't it in pulmonary a small group. Oh yeah, when, I don't know which one it is, but I just remember you being so damn hysterical, just cracking <laughs> me up. I uh, mean, like, like it was. It, it goes both ways. Yeah, for sure. Santana also cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, mean. It, it was a good time. I, I do remember that, Kevin. I, I vividly remember it. Well, hopefully one day we'll see each other again in person at some point. That sounds good. In the future. The uh, future. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. What what a what a fun time. Yeah, this was a blast. How many of these have you done? Uh one too many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite one is is the one in front of you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You get it. He gets it. <laughs> all uh, right. Uh, all right. We'll catch you later. I'll send you the link to this podcast so you can hear your own hot take. Yep. Oh, God. So you're telling me I have to hear my voice? 
us recording. <laughs> Sounds more like punishment than anything. <laughs> All right. Well, say hi to Santana for me on Thursday, okay? Oh, we'll do. Absolutely. All right. We'll catch you later. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. What a guy. What a guy. What a take, really. <laughs> right? I I am honestly just like, I was shell-shocked. Yeah, when he said hot dogs are the most versatile food, I said, what? <laughs> and then he said that they're, they're the best food. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was exactly like that. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Hot dogs. Check them out. Check them out. <laughs> Little known fact. All right. That was awesome. Uh, I'm a little parched after not talking for 10 minutes while Alex was on. <laughs> the hot dog rant of the century. <laughs> <laughs> Let me crack this puppy open. Yeah, crack it open. Ooh, that sounds like a extra large bubbly. Yeah, you might have noticed a slightly different tenor. I think that was a C flat. <laughs> That's because this is the tall boy. You're right. By tall boy, you mean 16 fluid ounces of the bubbly. Yes, sir. We had an emergency about an hour ago. The HQ was dry as a bone. We had no bubblies, and I said, Santana, run across the street to the gas station and get us two tall boys. And I sprint. I said, you say run, I say how fast. <laughs> you say bubblies, how big? <laughs> exactly. These are the biggest ones I had. Um, let me crack mine open too. I'm pretty parched. Uh, but what's next in the podcast? What's the next segment? Our next segment is everybody's favorite segment, Kevin's Corner. <laughs> Kevin's Corner. <clears throat> the people are excited. So I was thinking about Kevin's Corner. This since step two, you you've seen me in the study in our office. I've seen you hard at work. I've been I've been learning. For fun, because I enjoy the learning process now. Nerd. And it's... <laughs> thank you. And it's very applicable, what I'm learning, right? To third and fourth year stuff. Yeah. But I have stopped working out as much. Uh, so there's like this balance, right? There's always more things to learn. Mm-hmm. Then it'll be like that for the rest of our lives. So you, yeah. got, you have to make time to, you know, go out with a gal, work out. A gal. Cook purple carrot, eat hot dogs. See the sun. Live, yeah, the whole thing. And so, eat hot dogs. <laughs> the finer things in life. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Make sure it's dressed up a little. And um, one of the reasons we both have that feeling, all med students have that feeling, I got to keep learning because there's infinite amount of things to learn, right? Right. Yeah, truly. And so, maybe if I'm not a med student, I think if there's infinite amount of things to learn, how does any physician ever get through the day? Things that they don't know, things that come through the door at the emergency department they've had no, no experience dealing with, right? Because there are an infinite amount of things. Yeah. I'm here to talk about, for Kevin's Corner, uptodate.com. What? Uptodate.com. Uh, do you have a sounder? No, I don't have any. <laughs> My sounders are all Bane. <laughs> Some of them are really long. Up to date. Like, what is this? Time for fear. That comes later. That's right. <laughs> Don't get scared when you're using up to date. So up to date is basically, uh, what? what's the best analogy? Wikipedia, you can look up anything, right? Yeah. And Wikipedia will talk about the creation, the details, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Up to date is basically the medical version of Wikipedia. Precisely. 
And um, because I knew I'd do a poor job describing it, I pulled up Wikipedia up to date. <laughs> Love it. Look at this prep work. Um, listen to this. The company was launched in 1992 by Dr. Rose. Um they started with nephrology and have since added over 20 other specialties, cardiology, every specialty is on there. Guess how many physician authors have written the articles and up to date? 10,000? 7,100. 7, I was kind of close. You were pretty close. 7,100 physicians have written articles and up to date. Bless their souls. And these physicians are the specialists for each article. Yeah. So if I don't know anything about multiple sclerosis and I got to go figure, I got a patient coming through my door, I got to figure out how to, what the most current treatment is. I go to uptoday.com. I Google multiple sclerosis treatment mm-hmm. and they're going to, there's going to be three or four physicians who are experts in multiple sclerosis who, who outline the most up to date treatment for multiple sclerosis. Or do they? Did you know that up-to-date is not always up-to-date? Says who? Says the class that I'm in right now. Which class? Family medicine, uh, didactics. We have to do this whole project on evidence-based medicine, right? And as part of it, they did this presentation on like, oh, where do you find this, uh, like, how do you, how do you, how do you find, uh, what the expert consensus is on XYZ. Like you were saying, like, oh, somebody comes in with MS. If you don't know exactly what to do, where do you turn to? And I was like, oh, I always use up to date. For sure. They're like, blam, next slide. Here's this chart showing over, I I don't remember what time period. It was like, it was either one year or five years, how quickly high level uh, research and uh, expert consensus is incorporated into various uh, of the various websites like UpToDate okay. that compile medical knowledge. Okay. And UpToDate, I think it was after one year, only gets about 40% of the most recent research. Only about 40% of the most recent research on medicine makes it into UpToDate articles within one year. Contrast that to Dynamed. Baloney. Dynamed. No way. Dynamed. <laughs> Gets like 90 plus percent in within one year. Dynamed.com. Dynamed. I don't know. Dynamed.com. Dynamed plus. Um, So you're telling me. How do you like them apples? Up to date is not as up to date as other resources. Not. It's not. So why. Why is it called up to date? No. One thing I forgot to mention about up to date Mm -hmm. is that universally almost all healthcare organizations and by that i mean the university of minnesota fairview hospital and clinics or hennepin county medical center hospital clinics they all have a subscription to up to date Mm -hmm. for their physicians to Mm -hmm. access Mm -hmm. why aren't they paying for dynamed Uh, why isn't anyone else using dynamed uh i think it's because up to date is marketed towards healthcare systems whereas dynamed is marketed towards individual providers an up-to-date subscription is very, very expensive, um, but it's cheaper. It's more cost-effective if the entire hospital uses it versus individuals. They kind of talked about this in my class, too. Whereas Dynamed, and there's another one. I can't remember what it's called right now. Uh, that has a similar emphasis on incorporating new data. Sure. Are 
marketed, not very well, because nobody knows about Dynamed, to individual providers. Hmm. I believe. Don't quote me on that. I, I understand what you're saying. Maybe Dynamed doesn't do a, as good a job marketing themselves to healthcare organizations as UpToDate does. Yeah, UpToDate has, yeah, like you're saying, at least here in the Twin Cities, they have like a monopoly on, uh, it's in the EHR at like every hospital. Right, right. Um, well, that's interesting. I did not know that. So UpToDate isn't as up-to-date as Dynamed. It's not. Isn't that crazy? But... It's so much better. <laughs> Up to date is awesome. It's so great. And Kevin's Corner is about how prolific it is and how much I use it every day. Yeah. Everybody uses it every day. Everybody uses it every day. Every physician, every resident. Yeah. At least at least there's one like you're saying, there's one thing that comes up where they're not entirely sure. We have no idea. Like today I was working with this doctor who is so detail oriented. Yeah. Uh it was uh she's a beast. And we were like thinking about oh we're gonna start this new medication and i was like oh let's do this one i've heard great things let's do it i was i was trying to impress her with my medical knowledge yep and she's like oh yeah that's a great idea and then she's like oh wait this guy has a history of pancreatitis i think there might be a a contraindication to this medication what where does she turn to a textbook no no to up to date boom 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 two clicks later no contraindication. I was right. Vindicated. <laughs> um, great story, by the way. I always like to hear your successes. <laughs> she work. was like, wow, dude. <laughs> Do you need a letter of recommendation? <laughs> I'm here to write it. Yeah. You want to look up a, a, a medication contraindication. Yeah. Up to date. You want to learn the newest treatments up to date. Mm-hmm. Well, not the newest as we... Well, you know, exactly. <laughs> It's just the coolest dang thing ever. Yeah. Can you imagine uh, when did this kid founded? 1992? 1992. Being a doctor in 1991, you got to go <laughs> to the textbook. It's so funny because um, the the outpatient clinic that I work at has been around for a while. Mm-hmm. And so all the offices still have all these textbooks there. Oh, yeah. No one uses them. And no one's cleaned up the office because they're all overworked physicians. Right. But this is, if everyone's now run into an old physician and they're like, oh yeah, this textbook, I used to do this all the time. Jeez. That's what they did. They would go to textbooks and look up things. Sheesh. I think medicine wasn't as um, personalized at that point. Oh yeah. True. There wasn't as many nuances um, with, with treatment options. And it had to have been much, it had to have been less efficient. Oh yeah, for sure. Lee. Yes, yeah, so slow. Anyways, that's Kevin's corner. I love it. People, when you don't know anything, you might feel overwhelmed. You go up to date. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. If you're a med student listening to this for some reason and you got this far into the episode and you don't know about <laughs> up to date, check it out. It's super it's helpful. A very niche. If you're in England, we got a lot of listeners in England. Hello, Gabna. <laughs> You're thinking about going into medicine. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, well, that was a great topic. I loved it. Up to date. Yeah, one of my favorite websites. Finish it off, dude. Fin- Boom. Kevin's Corner. Over. Okay. Next segment. Uh, will you go get the card on the mantle? Yes. Because the next segment is my favorite segment. It's the mailbag segment. And every week, 
We get tons of mail, but this week specifically, we got a card, not just a, a letter, but it's a like a Hallmark card, and it's from one of our fans. It's from a friend of the pod. So let me start off the segment right here with the mailbag sounder. This is Jeopardy and a mailman. The U.S. mail. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I just punched together a bunch of sounders. Let's do it again. This is Jeopardy and a mailman. The U.S. mail. (laughs) Good job. Okay, read off the question. Oh. Oh, Kevin. Uh, Okay, so this, do I read the whole thing or do I skip to the question? Skip to the question. Okay. Wow, very long winded over here. Uh, okay. Uh, if you could be a doctor or human or soldier, that could be interesting. At any time point in history, when would it be? And why? XOXO. Huge friend of the pod, (laughs) Ellie. One of the best friends of the pod, really. Yeah, truly. So which one do you want to answer? Uh, I think we should answer the doctor. I would say just human. I guess doctor. Let's do human and doctor. You go first. So any time in history, doctor. Like we were just saying, it has to be right now when up to date exists. Can you imagine 1991? Imagine 1981. Even worse. You are incorrect, my friend. What? How? You want a time when there's up to date, right? When there's technology. Yeah. But you don't want as much a time as now when you are just. Um, overridden with electronic medical record requirements. Okay. And every year it gets worse at how much electronic notes doctors have to do. So I'm thinking Uh, the perfect time would have been 2005, up to dates working, websites are great. Akon is at the peak of his fame. No doubt about it. (laughs) And there's less electronic health record requirements. Um, so I would have said early to late two thousands. I'm trying to think of any other cultural reference from 2005. <laughs> um, Spider-Man two came out. I'm pretty sure. Yep. I remember that. <laughs> when I was a kid. 2005. I don't remember a dang thing about it. Oy. Uh, okay. Sure, 2005. <laughs> so you're saying now, 2021. Yeah, I think so. I'm saying 2005. Okay. I mean, we're not going to say any time before that. No, because medicine was archaic before that. Yeah, you, you were, were basically, using textbooks. You're using textbooks. You're you, giving people infections. Like until 1960, there was only one chemotherapy treatment. Yeah. Right? Like 1940, you're not going to be a doctor then. No, thank you. Okay, human. Now, this is more interesting. I mean, there's an argument for the present, right? Yeah, longest uh, health outcomes, uh, best technology to make your life easier. Bubbly exists. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not going to say that because that's a cop-out answer. That's a cop-out answer. I've thought about this. Ellie sent this mail card. You want me to go first? Uh, Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I want to be alive in the late 1800s, early 1900s, 
Okay. Because I think I could would have been a gr- really successful bank robber. <laughs> I've always wanted to rob a bank. What? Who hasn't really? Me? Right? Are you kidding? I've never wanted to You've rob. You've never a walked bank. into a bank and thought this would be so easy to rob. <laughs> no, but now I'm gonna think of it. I don't know actually know the last time I walked into a bank. That's a good point. It's twenty twenty one. I've walked up to ATMs and been like, Wow, I could break into this bad boy. No, uh, I used to work in a bank too. Okay. The um summer after my uh high school, mm-hmm. I worked in a bank as a teller. And that's you, probably when I started thinking about how easily it would be to rob a bank. You embezzled so much. <laughs> you could probably get away with um, eighty to 100000 A lot of it's locked up. Okay. But if I robbed a bank today with eighty or 100000 goodbye med school debt, right? See ya. See you later. Um, the thing is, the risk isn't worth the reward. Because if you are caught, you got a minimum jail time of 10 years. You know that for a fact? Yeah. Back <laughs> back in the day, though, everyone was robbing banks. No problems. And that's all you had to do. Go from town to town, rob banks. I would have been sick. I would have loved to live during that time. Uh, I definitely would have been a bad guy. Yeah. Sounds like it. <laughs> uh, that's what, I mean. That's, that's a great answer. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> that's a life for sure, robbing banks. Wouldn't you only need to rob one bank? Or do you got you to gotta chase that? Chase, Chase that the coin. Dragon. Uh, okay, bank robber. I was gonna say, man, I don't know, man. I was gonna say, take it back to the Neolithic age. Yep, hunter gatherer society, agrarian. I'm just living off the land. You would have never made it. Me and my pod. You're not tall enough. You're not fast enough. What? You don't have to be tall <laughs> or fast. I got tools. That's what makes humans great. I can communicate. These mammoths, they don't stand a chance. I got an adolatle. What? An adolatle. What the heck is that? Oh my god, you don't know about adolatles, dude. Have you ever learned anything in your life? <laughs> no, I don't know what an adolatle is. <laughs> this is one of the first uh human uh tools. An adolatle? Yeah. So you got your arm to throw your spear. Yep. Adelatl is like an extension of your arm, a stick with like a hook on it that allows you to throw your spear at least twice as far. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. I think you're right. I wish I had lived during that time. <laughs> I got an Adelatl. <laughs> I got a couple uh I got my little uh my farm. I'm 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 killing it. What years are they? I, I got, no idea. I got no worries. I got no concerns. No sense. What year are you talking about? I'm hunting. I'm fishing. <laughs> Maybe I make an igloo. I don't know where on the globe I am. Uh, it sounds like a terrible life, man. Uh, no, it sounds great. The bare minimum. I don't have to pay taxes. The basics. I don't have to... <laughs> taxes <laughs> the only reason you said that is because you did your taxes in the past 48 hours yeah and it was awful you were so late to the game i was not late i was just on time uh when was this this was like the majority of human history okay uh, like any time before like six million years ago to like two thousand years ago or yeah, three thousand like years that. ago okay something like that Wow, yeah. I guess you want to go way back. Because I figure if I go back to any time, you know, I'm going to be a peasant. 
I'm going to be a surf. Not, not if you're robbing banks with me. <laughs> Come back to the 1800s, dude. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right. I mean, <laughs> we'll live like kings. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then we would go to prison. We'd be in an 1800s prison. Break out of an 1800s prison. No problem. There's no security. <laughs> He's a little dynamite. That's a good point. I'll bring my addle addle. <laughs> will be set okay enough with this mailbag great question thank great you so much question great oh let me let me end the mailbag segment hold on a second this is jeopardy and a mailman the u.s mail <laughs> it's so bad so bad <laughs> okay uh one last thing before we go shout out chuck levin's washington music store washington music center <laughs> Try to get it right, Santana. <laughs> Let me take that again. Uh, one last thing before we go. Shout out to Chuck Levin's Washington Music Center. Let's start this again. <laughs> Check him out. Uh, shout out to Alex Conway, to his partner, the vegetarian, the dietitian, just the MVP of that that household. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> uh, shout, shout out. out- to Francesca Pietrantonio. I was going to say that. For putting up with our nonsense on a Monday night. Number one friend of the pod. No doubt about it. One of the best. Shout out to Ellie, obviously. Always. Friend of the pod sending in its mail. Okay. Like we say every week. A bird, a bird in, in the, the hand, hand is worth two in the bush. bush. Good night. <laughs>